Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome. Thanks for being here. This is Better Than Yesterday. I'm Osha Ginsberg. It's the 4th of August, 2023. It is six, five days after the Logie Awards. And um, you're listening to a podcast called Better Than Yesterday, where we are simply, where we're learning something in every episode that'll make it better. And we've been doing it since 2013. Um, thanks for being here. I'm Osha Ginsberg. I'm a podcaster. I'm a TV host, I'm a bicycle rider, I'm a Nissan Leaf driver um, and fanging my um, electric car around Melbourne this last month, which has been a lot of fun. In fact, I, I did uh, I do all month doing a lot of work uh, in the Collingwood Public Library because that's where the car charger is nearby and I'm sitting in my car or I'm going into the library because there's a bathroom there. It's a really nice library, nice little beautiful, fun, little suburban library and I sit there on their Wi-Fi and do my work and I do my podcast research and I write episodes and <laughs> sitting next to people who are running their small businesses or studying for their uni degrees and it's lovely. <laughs> really, It's a really nice library and I can do it all while I'm charging my Nissan Leaf out the car park of the train station. It's really fun. <laughs> so yeah, I've been there about once a week. <laughs> I, only need, I only need to charge the car about once a week here in Melbourne. In Sydney, I've got one in my driveway, right? So just plug it in. Um, but here, I'm in a high rise and there's no charger downstairs. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know, I get about 370 or something. And that's you know mostly more than I drive in a week pretty easily. So I just... Got about an hour and a half, hour of work to do. So I go plug it in, go upstairs, get on the Wi-Fi, do my emails, come back downstairs, bada boom. <laughs> it's good. Anyway, and I'm here. Thanks for, my, thanks for being here. Sorry, that was just a full tangential thing about, about my car. And um, yeah, I'm here Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. Mondays and Wednesdays, I'm with a guest and Fridays, I'm here with you. It's just you and me every Friday. And um, on Friday, I just kind of like to check in with you, I guess, and let you know where I am and what's going on in my head. Um, because I think, you know, when I wasn't doing well, and I guess, you know, as you know, whether that, whether that be in getting sober or getting mentally well, 
it's one thing to go, I don't know, either stop drinking or using or both and then, you know, or go to a doctor if you've got something quite not right with the way that your brain's working and the way you're thinking about things. It's one thing to, you know, go, okay, here's this thing. But it's another thing to then apply that way of thinking and that way of living to the things that happen every day. And so on Fridays for years now, originally it was the start of the show and then it became its own show and all up. On Fridays, I just try to have conversations about what it is, how do you live your life? You know, I used to sit there in um, my sobriety fellowship meetings and go, mate, you know, people would be going, getting up there and talking about, and then in 1983, I did a vodka shot. I was like, I don't fucking care, mate. What did you do today when the traffic was shitting you? How do you deal with it today? That's what I need to know. That's what I want to hear about. And I wasn't hearing those conversations in public, and so I decided to have them. And so here we are. And a lot of that has to do with what happened last Sunday night at the Logie Awards. I've been talking about it for a while now because it's hard to not, you know, talk about. But I was nominated for a gold Logie. And if you want to listen to episodes, you know, leading up to this, you'll definitely hear how I spoke about how I was dealing with it and, and how I was trying to go about it. And on the night, oh my God, Audrey was just amazing. My wife is radiant sunshine in human form. She is just extraordinary. And she was so fucking cool because she, you know, she's, she's not a person who has chosen a life in the public eye. I very consciously did. She fell in love with me and then kind of by proxy was dragged into this place in front of camera lenses, which is a place that she didn't necessarily need to be a part of her job or when I started to need to feel better about myself, I don't anymore, but I did. And she just truly said to me, look, I'm just going to act as if I'm really fine with it and act as if I do it all the time. And that's a really powerful thing to act as if, and I'll, you know, I've talked about it before, you know, I'm the kind of person who is a, not, you know, and she fucking nailed it, dude. Like on that red carpet, which is so fucking intense. And there's literally hundreds and hundreds of people lining the red carpet and there's lenses and microphones in every direction. We were live streaming the whole time. And Audrey was just gracious and graceful and confident and looked amazing. And it was fucking fun. And it was everything I wanted it to be, just to share this moment with her. I held her hand pretty much the whole time, the whole night. And I very much went about the whole night as if it were my wedding. And it's advice that I tell anyone who's getting married is to hold your partner's hand because it goes by so quickly and all you've got is these, you know, these precious minutes, not even hours, minutes to make these memories that you can look back on. And if you're holding each other's hand, then you experience very similar things and you get to look back on them. And it was just so beautiful to see the way that she held herself. And I did this shit all the time, so I don't, I kind of have an idea about it. But, you know, for her first hit out, for her debut, you would never have known. And that was the biggest, most intense red carpet I've ever fucking done. Because I'm a gold load, you know what I mean? I've never had, never been up for a award that big ever in my career. And Audrey was amazing. And we had the fucking best night. And at 1am or something, I'm cutting her out of her, her dress with a corkscrew 
Because, you know, look, most things you buy in the shops, you buy to be worn again and again and again and again. Some garments are made for one thing and that's it. And it's often the case with a red carpet thing or whatever it is. You might have seen a Met Gala or something like this. People or a film, if it's a piece of wardrobe for a particular scene, people are literally stitched into them because without a zipper, it'll make so much more sense and it'll fit in a different way and work in a different way. So people get stitched into clothes sometimes if they're to be used just for the one particular thing. And, you know, obviously uh, Amanda who made the dress will be able to put it back together in a particular way so it can be used again. But there, you know, at one in the morning, I'm cutting her out of this thing with a corkscrew and then she put on some, her, you know, comfy dancing outfit, which was still fucking hot. And we went downstairs and danced to the after party. It was sick fun. Mel worked really, really hard. Melissa Byrne, who made the suit and my shirt, she worked so hard and uh, I felt amazing. And it was really freaking cool. I was just so delighted to be there with Audrey in that moment. It was really lovely. And, you know, that was it for me. Like that was beautiful. And I'm so happy that I had that moment. But I had to work fucking hard to be able to appreciate that moment with Audrey and to even sit here with you and feel no resentment or no sadness whatsoever without, because I didn't win. And as the last few weeks of the campaign were ramping up, um, and it was a campaign and I very deliberately went after it and I very deliberately had some help in getting things together. Because it was always about reminding people who are interested in what it is that I do and what it is that I'm about reminding them, this is what I am, this is what I do, and this is what I'm about. Because you may not see that in some of the shows that I do, you may not get the full range of what it is that I'm here for. You're listening to this podcast, so you know, but so many people may have no idea that this exists, they still don't. And I've got to say, over those weeks, I'm just absolutely loving how much I was able to connect with people who really get what I'm doing and really like what I'm doing. And I just was its so happy about that. Yet from the moment that I had even an inkling that I was up for Gold Logie, I saw a thing show up in my calendar. There was an NDA that I had to sign before I took a meeting. I've been wrestling my ego to the ground like Ricks and Gracie tapping out 20 black belts in a row all day, every day. I was doing that for like 10 weeks, eight weeks my brain would start to write acceptance speeches, which would quickly, very quickly turn into monologues, which would very quickly turn into like a, you know, an 80s T-movie victory speech. And this one's for all the cancer. Like, and I'd catch myself and go, come on, buddy. I'd snap back into whatever it is that I'm doing, cutting my broccoli or, you know, washing the dishes or whatever, you know. To act as if, which is what I was telling you about Audrey before, that is a very, very powerful tool. I've talked about it on this show before, and I was using it with every chance that I had. It is basically to act as if as a way to start to bring in new ways to see your own identity, and then soon enough, with enough reps, it becomes your identity. And I've spoken about this before um, by putting the prefix, I'm the kind of person who And the trick would be like, I'm the kind of person who gets up and goes for a walk every morning before everybody else gets up. 
And then when you get up in the morning, and, oh, I don't want to get up. Like, Hang on, I'm the kind of person that gets up and goes for a walk in the morning. And then when someone's, oh, should we watch one more episode? No, I'm getting up and go for a walk. What? And you say, oh, you know, I'm the kind of person that gets up and go for a walk. And it's like, and suddenly you start to align with that value and living your life in the direction of that value. And your identity starts to settle in and then small choices start to get made that you may or may not be aware of that align with that identity or that value. You do that, within two weeks, you're the kind of person that gets up and goes for a walk in the morning. I tell you, it's incredible. So what did I want to do? I wanted to be, I very much wanted to act as if I was detached from the result. I have never faced a challenge like that before, to be detached from a result like that, where it is a vote of popularity about me. Not a a job I've done, not a show I've worked on, but me. I... I have been in the past wanting to be this way, but I have also fallen back to resentment and fuck him for having more podcast downloads than me or shit like that. And and then choices get made around that, which are never good choices. So as soon as I found out that I was going to get nominated or was getting nominated, I began to try as hard as I could to act as if I was detached from the result. And I was. I was detached from the result, but not as strongly as I would have liked to have been. I've got no uh, no control over the result, none at all. And so the more I talked about it, the more I spoke about it with you, the more I spoke about it in interviews, the more I spoke about it with people at work, the more I acted as if, the more that started to become real and I started more and more to become that. And I truly really, from the very bottom of my heart, when Daryl Summers read Sonia Kruger's name, I was completely detached from the result and incredibly happy for her. Incredibly happy and honoured honored to be in that category. And yet, as you know, very much aware and very much accepting that I have absolutely no power in that result occurring. None. No control whatsoever. And it took a lot of fucking work to get to that point though, because all the way along, you know, I'm an acceptance that I have no power over it. It's beyond me. I can just be me as authentically as I can and whatever happens, whatever happens. And that was all pretty, it was all working pretty well until about a week ago. All right. I was working really hard at this. And honestly, like, but I'm working like every five or 10 minutes I'm doing this through my day when I'm, you know, whatever, putting clothes back in the drawer or making dinner. Up until about last Friday, about two days out, two or three days out from the Logies, I just found myself in tears, like on the edge of weeping all day long. And I could not figure it out. And I was training heaps. So, you know, normally I can train and then that takes all the energy and the fuel for those kind of feelings out of my body and I can just get on with things and it's fine. And I would scorch my body in the sauna and I could not stop this feeling, this grim feeling. And it started to affect my job. And um, I started to then worry about being worried about it and then it started to compound and I thought, well, hang on, what do I do here? I'm, I'm cu- I need to get curious about this. And I had to really ask myself, what is it that's the problem? What all, what's going on? What's actually happening here? To step back a bit. And I decided to use a t- tool that I've, I've used quite a lot, which is visualization. And I was on my way to, to, to work. I'm like, fuck, I'm on camera in an hour. 
I can't look like this. I can't look like I'm, you know, put too many eye drops in, putting in my contact lens and I'm just storing, you know, the surface tension, the meniscus of my lower eyelids is barely keeping in these amount of tears. I just need to blink hard and they'll all just fly down my face. I can't do this. What am I doing? And so I started to visualize. And I very clearly, as hard as I could, I knew what my suit looked like. I knew what Audrey's dress looked like. I know what her face looks like. I had a pretty good idea of who was at my table. And so I visualized as clearly as I could the table, the stage, the microphone, um, the noise, the room, picturing very, very clearly the person walking up to the stage. In my mind, it was Dave Hughes. On the night, it was Daryl Summers. And one by one in my head, I got my brain Hughesy to say, open the envelope and say the gold Logie goes to and then one by one the names of the other nominees. And as he said then, as my brain hues, he said the other names, in my body as honestly and as openly as I could, devoid of being actually there on the Sunday night. So now I'm, now I'm in my car, I'm driving to work and I'm safe right? So I don't have a camera in my face. I don't, you know, I'm not being currently broadcast live to see my, you know, Schadenfreude face. I'm done here with a timpani drum roll. I'm driving my car down St. Kilda Road. And so clearly then I, you know, say the name and then I ask myself, how do I actually feel about that person? Am I, my question was, oh, how grateful am I that that person has won? What kind of work have they done to get there? And one by one, I really pictured it as hard as I could, watch them walk up the stairs, watch them hold the thing in their hand, step up to the microphone, start their speech. And in my body, as much as I could, feel the true joy for that person and the true love, like there's almost a meta-loving kindness meditation. Hey, Miss Blake! My brain hears you would say, oh, good for him, man. Clapping in my brain. He's the best how could it not be him? Well done. Nicest guy ever. He's got, oh, I'm so happy he got there. What an inspiration. What a true honor to be alive at the same time that this man's working in the same job that I am to be inspired by him. Incredible. And I did that with every other nominee, with Mark and Lee and Sean and Julia. I did it with all of them. I did it three times in a row, all right? So I've got two hands on the wheel, so I'm not clapping, but out of my mouth, I'm saying these things. And I'm not making it up. I'm truly thinking like, how can I be happy for them? Oh, easily. Because look how good they are. Look at this incredible job they've done. And I did it again and again and again and again. And then the next day on the plane, I woke up with the same shit. But I can't say it out loud because I'm sitting on a plane. So I've got my notebook in my lap and the tears are rising, the fears all up inside me. And this time I wrote it down, how grateful and happy I was that this person was having this moment. And I'm truly, truly, truly happy for them. I'm not making it up. I'm so fucking happy for them. And so on the night when Daryl Summers said Sonia Kruger, I knew what to do. My body knew what to do. And my ego and the hurt, which normally would have been the automatic response, did not even arrive, didn't even show up. I instantly felt love and gratitude and happiness for Sonia to hold the award and for everybody that put her there. I was fucking stoked for them because it's fucking hard to get that. And I know what it takes to have that and fuck yeah, good on you. It was a lot of work to get into that spot, 
But if you watch the footage, you can see my face. There's a camera sitting at our table. There was a close-up of me and Audrey. And you can see it in my face. I'm truly, truly happy. And, you know, that's the training. I've just described to you the training you don't see so that Usain Bolt does a perfect 100-meter sprint and wins a medal, right? I just described to you the weeks and weeks and weeks of training it took. So in that moment, and now going on, I feel no resentment. I feel no upset. I feel nothing at all. And then old me used to be, fucking would have been so pissed off flipping tables on the phone to my manager being upset, blah, 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 blah. No, I'm just so fucking happy with all of it. But it took a lot of work to get my head into that spot. And then it was so much work to keep it there. But what I get out of that work and what I've got out of that work, if I think about it, that is easily the greatest feat of psychological growth that I have managed since all that climate exposure therapy I would do on the beach in Fiji a couple of years back where I would sit there and grit my teeth and watch the tide come up underneath the village next to us that was being washed away by the rising sea levels. I would do that every day. Now, I'm talking like every five to ten minutes, every day for about the last eight weeks, I have been having to reframe something or catch myself in a nasty victory speech or getting upset about, you know, the politics of other networks or whatever. Hang on, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate your brain. Thank you, brain. Appreciate that. No control over it. Let's get back to this. So it did take a lot. But what I get out of it is that the version of me who used to show up and demand his own way and shout and scream and destroy relationships and careers and bank balances and open bars, that guy did not come to the Logies with me. He did not. Audrey got to come with me. And that bloke did not show up at all through the night. I got to be there holding hands with Audrey, my beautiful wife, the whole time, occasionally having a nap on her shoulder because fucking hell, it was a long night. She's like, Jesus Christ. Like at one point, they were supposed to come and get me to present an award at like five minutes to nine and they showed up at 10 minutes to 10. I was like, Christ on a cracker, you are late. (laughs) Instead, I just got to be there with Audrey and having the most beautiful night and it was just so lovely. It took a fucking ton of work, mate. Like I'm not here to, you know, sprinkle glitter on shit and tell you it's a birthday present. No, it was a lot of work and it was difficult work but it was absolutely worth it. There's a lot to be said for detaching from a result because I got to be present and I got to focus all of my energy in the service of the moment. It was a lot, but it meant that I had the best time I've ever had at the Logies, ever. has been such a delight to connect and reconnect with people who align with the kind of stuff I'm making. It was a very deliberate idea that this is what I'm going to go out and do with these couple of weeks leading up to the Logies. And it's fine if people aren't into what I make. That is just fine. That's okay. I'm not making it for them, you know. But you, you get it. You're here. And I'm here to make things specifically for you. And I'm so, so grateful that I get to do that. And I'm grateful that I get to work with people, really smart, fucking clever people, who care about making something for you 
as much as I do. And that's it. It's a true joy. Nothing could give me more joy. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for giving me a reason to do all this work because you've given me an f- amazing gift. An amazing gift. I don't think there was anything else I wanted to tell you. That's quite the Logies recap, isn't it? <laughs> Probably not what you're expecting, but hey, that's what happened. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Andy Ma who edited this. Thanks for Avi Benno, my producer. And uh, thanks to Mike Mills, also known as Toe Hider, who made all the music. And if you're up for fun, the other day in the gym, I was listening to Toe Hider's cover of the 80s cartoon classic Ulysses 31 on YouTube. And it's really good. Thanks, Mike Mills, for being awesome. You're really good. I'll see you Monday. On Monday, we are getting a visit here at Echoey Towers, better than yesterday's Melbourne headquarters, Echoey Towers where we are getting a visit from Broden Kelly, one third of Auntie Donna. Broden's coming and it's such a good conversation. I'm so thrilled that Broden came over because it's a fucking goodie. Have a great weekend. If you need me, send us your email at gmail.com. If this podcast was interesting, consider sharing it. Just hit share in the corner of their podcast app or wherever you, those three dots hit them or the little hamburger in the corner. I don't know, whatever app you listen on, share it with somebody. That'd be great. And um, I'm having a lot of fun on Instagram and TikTok. I am. And uh, if those either of those things are interesting to you, there's a lot of fun happening over there. It's an interesting exploration. And uh, I'd be grateful if you came and join me there. All right. I'll see you Monday with Broden. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.